Welcome to Do A Blessing CNS Church London's podcast, sharing the good news weekly. We hope you are blessed by today's message. Lord Father, thank you Heavenly Father, in Jesus' most precious name we are prayed. Amen, amen, amen in Jesus. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We thank God for what God is doing. And we thank him for what he will continually do. May his name forever be glorified in the name of Jesus Christ. We started off by talking around the gospel last week. And I just felt that it's important that we we try, you know, we take it a little bit further as we begin to as you begin to read or talk or you know meditate on things around the gospel. Meditate on things around the gospel. The gospel is so central to the Christian faith. It is not that is Christianity. If you don't understand the gospel, then you don't understand you know, Christianity cannot be possible. Christianity is is basically, when you say Christians, that means people who follow Christ. Christ is not just Jesus Christ as it were. The meaning of Christ is the Messiah. So basically, when I'm saying that I am a Christian, what I'm saying that I am following the Messiah. Does that make sense to us? So, the definition of Christianity at times is it's not what I'm trying to say. Christianity is not just another religion. Christianity is not just another religion out there. So the gospel is quite central to the Christian faith. When you read the four gospels, that is Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you would discover that the way they wrote their um, each one. Some of them spent 40% of their writing on the gospel. I think John also spent 60%. So if you are going to if you are going to take the book of one of the books and you look at it and you analyze it by the portion of the of how much they dedicated on each one, you will discover that some of them spent 60% of their own writing on the gospel. Sorry, on the Passion Week. So, assuming that they covered, let's say, some of them picked and covered the battle of Christ, you will see that some gospels did not talk about the battle of Christ. But every one of them talked about the death. And when you begin to see that, okay, assuming let's take that some of them did not start from the birth of Christ. Some of them picked up from when John the Baptist or when he was called into ministry. So Jesus spent, Jesus lived 33 years. So he spent three years in ministry. So if assuming they covered the three years of the ministry of Christ in, say, book of John. 
and John spent 60% of that writing on one week. Don't forget what I'm trying to say. One week, that is the Passion Week. So when, 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 when they say that a book spent 40% on the death of Christ, what they are saying is that they spent 40% on one week. So out of three years, you are writing about three years, you now spent 60% because some of them wrote 40, some of them were more than 40%, but some of them spent 60% of their writing on one week. So that begins to steer your mind as a Christian, is that why is this man spending so much time talking about one week rather than spreading it evilly so that we can have a, a perfect view of who Jesus was and how he spent his life. In fact, John the Baptist, sorry, uh, the book of John got to a point and John said, see, if I were to write all the miracles that Jesus is about did in his life, there is no book that will contain it. So those things are not, they are good, but not important. He said, what is important is that you focus on this last week. Is that you focus on this last week. So, as we read, you know, it was, it's so, it's so important that even the Bible says that the devil, did, if they had known, they would not have crucified Christ. So, 1 Corinthians chapter, chapter 2 from verse 7 to 8, the Bible says that we declare God's wisdom a mystery that is hidden and that God destined for our own glory before time began. None of the rulers of this age, when he meant all the rulers, we're talking about, because of that version, we say, none of the princes of this world. So you have the Bible talks about principalities, power, and things. He said, he said, for if they had known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. So if they had understood if the devil had understood the implication of what is about to happen, the Bible says that he would not have crucified the Lord of glory. He would not have crucified the Lord of glory. So as we go on and we read 1 Peter chapter, you know, we read this last week, where the Bible was saying, even angels are, are confused at what that week was all about. First Corinthians chapter, chapter 1, verse 11, he said, trying to find out the time. This is where the prophet read from. He said, trying to find out the time and the circumstances to which the spirit of Christ in them was, was, was pointing when he predicted the suffering of the Messiah and the glories that is to come. It was revealed to them that they were, that they were not serving themselves but you. He said when they spoke of the things which have not been told, told you by those who preach the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Even angels look into these things. So that means that angels are trying to figure out that something has happened. Something has happened. So 
So you begin to see as Jesus begins to talk about certain things when he came to the world. He went to John chapter 12 verse 27. Jesus said, my soul is now troubled. What shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. He said, no, it is for this very reason. So Jesus was saying that, yes, I healed the sick. I cast out demons. But that is not the very reason why I came. So if my analysis about Jesus, ah, just awesome. Jesus would say, yes, but you are still missing the major issue. Because before Jesus came, Elisha, I said Elijah, they, they rose the dead. So, you know, if it were to be that Jesus came to raise the dead, it's been done before. So that's what Jesus was saying that, you know, if, you, if, if your perception about me is that I can cast out demons. He said that you will do even more. So the question is that as we begin to look and you will begin to see the heart of Paul, when Paul will begin to try to explain to people that see, you know, we talk about it, but see, baptism is not, I am not, I am not a specialist in baptism. In 1 Corinthians chapter 7 and 1 verse 72, it said, Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel. Not of the wisdom of eloquence, lest the cross be emptied, and the message of the, of, 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 of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. So Paul was saying that, you see, if you think that my ministry is about baptizing people, then you have... See, baptism, baptism itself is, is, is an evidence that somebody had died in Christ. You know, I said, I said the one time, I said baptism is a burial ceremony. That is the way scripture sees it. It is burial ceremony. Somebody that has died on the cross is the one you do baptism for. Can you, see, if you, if you try to bury somebody who had not died, what do you think will happen? In that casket, they'll be, they'll be struggling. They'll be, that is why after when you baptize some people, they become worse. They say, ah, you know, <laughs> they say, ah, but they baptize you. No, don't you know that they baptize you? No, he, he did not die. You just put him or her, buried them without dying. So the Bible will say that when we, don't you know that when we, had, when we died, we were nailed to the cross, when we, we were buried together with him, and when you are coming out, you are coming out a new person. So when somebody presents to you, or does baptism and presented a certificate to you, it is why they give you certificate. It is death certificate. The time and the place by which you died. So you should be referring to people when they say, ah, why are you not behaving the way you are behaving? You say, ah, don't you see the 
I frame it there. That is the date and the place I died. God grant us understanding in the name of Jesus Christ. That is why some, even the places where they do baptism at a very young age, they want to do it when the person is conscious and older so that they understand what they are doing. But the problem that when we are not, we don't even, we don't tell, we are not looking for death. We are just saying, okay, do you understand? He said, yes, I do. We are coming right out water. God help us in the name of Jesus Christ. So it's important that, you know, Paul, when Paul, when, when the apostles were, 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 we're talking in First Corinthians chapter one, um, verse fifteen to sixteen. I'm, I'm still going to point out a particular where, where where we are going, but just trying to lay emphasis on, like we said last week, the reason what the apostles saw when it came to the to the um, to the cross issue. The, but the brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel. You know, we said this yesterday. Where well, sorry, last week. We said it's like when I said you always read the Bible will say the gospel. When he's talking about any general thing that people are talking that is rubbish, he will say a gospel. But the gospel means that there is a definite one he's talking about. So he's saying that he said the gospel which we preach to you, on which you are taking your stand. So that means that when the gospel is preached to you, you have to take a stand. On that thing. So as we begin to get to a point today, you begin to see the emphasis also on after the gospel is presented, what is your stand? So he said, by this gospel you are saved. He said, he said you hold family to the word which I preach to you, otherwise you are believed in vain. So basically what he's saying is that if, if your understanding of the gospel if you, if you, you know, if you believe that you are dead to Christ in one day, at a particular time, when, if the gospel is explained to you, let's put it that way, and afterwards, you now come to a point where we are talking about the gospel, or when they are bringing up an issue for you, you say, ah, don't you know that the village I came from, this is the way we behave. Ah, see, you think that I am still mad. Come to my own town. Come and see myself. Come and see my people. The Bible says your believing, what you believe, is in vain. So what he's saying is that when the gospel is presented to you, it is not only for you to believe it once, but it becomes the guide by which you are living your life. That's why Jesus will say, you take up your cross daily. And so Paul said that, he said, which I preach to you otherwise, you have believed in them. Let's read on please. He said, for what I received, I passed on to you as first importance. So Paul was saying, this thing is so important that if you don't understand anything else in Christianity, this one, you have to. He now said that, that Christ died according to our sins. Sorry, for our sins, according to the scriptures. He was buried. That he rest on the third day according to the scriptures. 
and he appeared before Kefias and, and the twelve. So basically, what he was saying is that this is the this thing you should never forget it. And that's why I used to say that the reason why the churches that they don't do is not a problem. But the reason why we read the Apostles' Creed every day, it is so... See, when you get to some places, they will tell you when they are reading the Apostles' Creed, you don't move. It is not that so that you can stand because something... No, it's so that you can, you can pay total attention to what they are saying. When the Apostles' Creed got to a point and there was debates going on, then you, that was when they created the Nicene Creed. The Nicene Creed is the um, Nicene Creed is the place, that was the location where the creed was agreed. So the forefathers said, you know, ah, these people they don't understand what's going on. So, yes, we have done the one, the Lord, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Now let us do a one that concentrates on the death and the resurrection of Christ. So you see some churches that they do it when it um, comes to let. That's when they read the long, and I'm, I'm always looking forward to it. <laughs> because, because when you read it and it goes longer and longer and longer and longer, you feel like, ah, the one we normally read every Sunday is not, it is not, you know, bless those who lead the service. You know, those days, you know, because I used to be, I'd be like, ah, when I get up, ah, I need to go. But what the elders were trying to do, I'm not talking about serious elders, the founding fathers of the Christian faith. They were saying that no people see because people were negating the death of Christ. They say, I know that one is just it's just the son of God. It's just no. Say, no, this is the major thing. So when you are reading the Nissan Creed, you will see that it goes deeper, even than the normal creed. But the creed itself, the normal creed that we read, this is the summary of it. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, the maker of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, uh, son who died, who was born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried, and he raised seven So the, the elders were so, it was such a, an issue in their hearts that Christians do not get to a point when you don't even remember or you are not, that is not the, the, the thing that is pushing your decisions. So they said, you know, let us do it this way. Then, you know, we, 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 we spoke about it. Please, I'm not, if, you, if God is leading you to do your Sunday service any day, you can do it Monday, you can do it Tuesday, you can do it whatever, you can do it crossover night, anything. But, you know, where the elders at any church picked Sunday, was because so that we can always remember the resurrection of Christ. So the Bible will say that they gathered at the first week, first day of the week. Some people will not go to this story of a God of the sun, God of the moon, and things like that. See, God help us. You know, Monday is Monday, all these kind of um, silly conversations. But you know, um, the reason it, just, it was just coincidental. If if Tuesday was the first day of the week, Christians would, would meet. So they did not choose the Monday. So are you saying that the God of the Sun is greater than God of the Moon? So why did you not choose make Monday? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so God help us in Jesus' name. So, and so the Paul, the apostles were saying that, the apostles said this thing. 
carry. Now, what? There are, there are so many things, but there are key things that happen on the cross. There are key things that happen on the cross. One which is, which is important that we say, but is very common, I believe people understand, is the remission of sins. But something again happened on the cross. Which if you are not, if you don't understand what actually that is, you would only have believing a, a, a half a half reality of what happened on the cross. And when we go to Romans chapter 3, or Romans chapter 8, sorry, the Bible says that it says, For what the law was powerless to do, because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of the sinful flesh to be an offering for sin. He said, so that, so that he condemned sin in the flesh. <coughs> now, what does this mean? When we say law, most of the, one of the challenges are when you tell people what is, if, if, if you read, if people say law here, people read law, people go straight, their mind goes straight to the Ten Commandments. That is part of the law, but it is not the entire law. The lawyer will tell you that, you know, in, in England, stealing, do not steal, is part of the law. But that is not the law. The, that's not the entire law. The, the law, when they say law, law of England, it tells you don't steal, but it tells you the punishment and it tells you how to how to compensate as in how many the time you are supposed to spend so that you can rest, um, restitution yeah so you can pay your restitution back to the community so when you are talking about law law is not don't steal you know law is far greater than that so when the Bible says you have been delivered from the law, what he's saying is that it's not only do not steal, it's talking about how to, if you steal, the consequence and the remedy and every other thing is what is combined that is called the law. Because if those who go to law school and go and study law, all they are still teaching is uh, don't steal, don't, don't, you know, he, you know, it's not. That's why you want to go to law school. Oh, <laughs> you know, just Google it. Don't you? Don't, because law is far greater than that. So what I'm trying to say is that. So when the Bible is saying the law, what he's saying here is that he said what the law was supposed to achieve, the law was unable to achieve it because the aim, the aim of the law. When you read those who talk about law. The aim of the law is not only to punish. The aim of the law is to create a society that is, um, that is, that is peaceful and to make people a better, better person. So, you know, I understand that where we came from, you know, it is show, show you to prison, you are gone. You can't tell. So that is why 
In proper prison, it is called correction center. So they are not sending you there to go and end your life. They are sending you there to see how we can make you better. So the essence of the law, also in scripture, is so that, okay, these people have a problem. How do we now deal with it? So that they can become a better person. And the Bible says that that law, when it now came to the issue of the human flesh, no matter how much law you give them, no matter how much the law could not achieve, what the law could only do is to condemn them. Because they, there, was, there was such something within them that until that thing is dealt with, the law will not, there is nothing the law will do. Does that make sense? It's as if you have somebody who's, who's, who's a drug addict. And you now make laws that if you go, if you drink, also, if you, if, you, if, you, if, you, if you use drugs, you are going to go to 10 years imprisonment. You know, let them go to 10 years imprisonment as they are coming back out. Even while they are in prison, they are taking it. So that is why in the developed world, they are thinking about how do we take them beyond just sending them to prison because prison will never resolve anything. See, if, if prison were to resolve, if firing squad was resolved for anything, the rate at which people are killing themselves in Nigeria now, you will not, you, you, you know. But it is as if, you know, at times when I just see sad things in the news, I'm like, ah. you don't even have to become an eye killer in Nigeria. Everybody's almost like, God help us in Jesus' name. So, it says, it says, it says, you know, the sin, so, so God now as a result sent his son. Now, the question now is that, so that means that the cross is not only to say you are forgiven, but the cross also dealt with something that gave you the, that gives you an ability to live above those things. The difference is one Christian will always be living for the next time they come to church and read Psalm 51. And while they are reading that Psalm 51, they are already planning what next to do. Because their definition of the cross is half. And those Christians, when you get to that point, they say, ah, this and this. Rather than saying, you know, what did the cross say? Ah, he said, any other recording margin? <laughs> sorry, please. Oh, sorry. I have. To, I know we are podcast, and there are people who listen to our podcast are Nigerians. But um, Google it. <laughs> you cannot walk, and your head will not shake. <laughs> Amen. But what? You know, let's as, as we continue to read on. That's what the Bible says. So, the Bible says that he said, in in said, in said that the, the problem is that how God was trying to resolve that thing is to take his son on the cross. So, that as that son is nailed to the cross, it is 
it is your flesh that is nailed to that cross. It is your flesh that is nailed to that cross. Let's go on to... Um, it says... It, uh, let's, let's read on, please. No, it said, Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we would also live with him. You know, they, I was so happy the, the scriptures that actually could be quoted in... Um, in, in Psalm 80, 83, 82, sorry. It's when he says that they do not know. See, Christianity does a lot about what you know. So he said, for we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over, over him. The death he died, he died to sin once and for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. In that same way, now take a stand. What he's saying is that count yourselves. So this is what has happened. Now the question now is that what are you going to do in response to that? So he's saying that in that same way, he doesn't count ourselves dead to sin, but alive to Christ. So he's saying, you are the one that would say, mm, no, 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 no. This lying thing, you died to Christ. You, you died with Christ. That is where my mentality should be. My mentality should not be, ah, I am better off than my daddy. When he lies, it's just, ah, but my own is once in every. No, the Bible says that, no, it says, so what, so when I am struggling, one of the problems that I am not first of all counting myself, I am not first of all reconciling myself to the cross. But most of the time we reconcile ourselves to our environment. God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. And when we get to that point, that love of God, see, at times people don't, so when people say, you know, ah, Jesus loves me, no, that, the Bible says, let's go to 2 Corinthians, it says, it says, in that way, the love of Christ controls us. There is a level of love you have for God, the way God pours his love in your hearts, that that love controls you. There are some people that the love of God, alone called and that love pushes them to sleep. But Paul said, no, the love, of, the actual love of scriptures, it controls you. There are certain things you want to do, but that love will pull you back. Because there's certain when you get in love in a marriage, there are certain things you don't want to do because you don't want to offend the other person. So you are in a love that is controlling you. But when, and, and, 
And God help us. He said so. He said in that way, the love of Christ controls us. Somebody was saying to me that, see, one of the challenges is that Christ loves you the way you are, but his intention is not to keep you the way you are. You know, it doesn't. Ah, Jesus loved me the way I am. No, he doesn't. When, when Christ loves you, he loves you because he sees what you can become. Not what you are now. So the Bible says that, it says, it says since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have died to our whole life. Please note the word they are using. This is our belief. The issue is that Christians do not believe that. We believe that the cross is only there to keep washing us. We do not believe that I am dead to my whole life. If that life can be established, I'm not saying that you may not have an issue or a cops here and there. That's the word I'm saying. But when, you know, when you, if, if I, if, if this pulpit now just collapse, <coughs> or if it's mouth, if it's moving around, what would you do? You will first of all come and check the screws. Ah, this screw is supposed to be holding it. Why is it not holding it? It doesn't have to say, ah, you know, poop it. That's what they do. Why? Because I believe the screws there should be holding it. But the challenge is that when something happens, the first thing the Christian says, ah, you know, what are we going to do? We are all human. But you should, my question should, my own, okay, I am still in this journey. But what is my belief? Do I believe that? Because see, when you see that kind of Christian, if you are if you speak to them about something, they will not, their fourth question will not be will not be to first of all defend themselves. Because when they see you co correct them or say something, they know you're not talking to them. They're not saying, ah, excuse me, what's going on? Just review the standard. See, maybe, maybe you need to walk on your faith and say, ah, bio, this I but when you first of all they say, ah, hey, you cannot tell me you know what because you think. God God us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. So the Bible says that it says, it says, we believe. And as it said, he died for everyone so that who those who, re who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, somebody said to me, somebody said, somebody asked me a question. Somebody said, um, does, that, does this mean that if I give my life to Christ, I cannot have any personal ambition again? I said, yes. I said, yeah. I said, yes. I said, what happens is that when you give your life to Christ, your ambition is his ambition. It's now not yours. You died. The problem is that you have not died. When you die, see, you maybe, maybe God is calling to be a medical doctor. But when you are living there, now you are living for him. 
you are not living for it. That is what scripture teaches. Scripture does not teach that, you know, ah, um, you know, see, <laughs> see, all these conversations or arguments about, you know, um, let's say gay, gay issues. I think that somebody says that, you know, I have, this is the way I am. I am attracted to men and things like that. And people fly off the handle and things like that. Scripture does not, it, it, what he's saying is right. What he's saying is that. That is why the Bible says you have to die. We know that is the way you feel. So the Bible now says, die to that self. The same way you are also attracted to men, the same way I'm attracted to women. So I to have to die to myself. See, this argument of, ah, no, you can, no, 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 no. We get that. Is that your new definition now? It's not a problem. So that definition, the Bible says, die to yourself. So if somebody says, ah, you know, um, you know, this is the way I normally feel when, when somebody says, no, the Bible says, no, you, you die to yourself. See, when we come to the cross, you discover that all those kind of arguments is, is not relevant. But because we have not come to the cross, say, ah, no, 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 you, no, the man is saying, or the woman is saying, my flesh is falling. I am suffering from the Adamic nature. That's what they are saying. And you, you are saying, yes, you have described yourself well. But Christianity says you die to yourself. Does this make sense to us? So there are so many things that, conversations that you see in the body of Christ that are totally, if we preach, the, the, if we are talking about the cross, then somebody will not say, ah, you know. See, if somebody says that my own affection is, somebody, pastor was saying, sorry, he said, he said, I too, I do not, I do not feel like, I, I, I do not agree that I'm born in Nigeria. <laughs> you know, with the situation, I don't agree. You two don't agree that you are, you are born in the wrong body. I am born in the wrong nation. We are all, we are all, everybody is having the same issue. It's the same issue. You know, who doesn't want to be born in a place that is, you know, we are all, I too, I have a problem. But the Bible says, I die to myself. See, when you begin to classify, Gay versus somebody that is living to another, man, another man's wife. As far as scripture is concerned, they are the same. Every one of them needs to die to themselves. Does this make sense? I hope I've not offended anybody. <laughs> because people will say, ah, no, hey, you are, you are comparing us to, to, to all those, uh, it is the same. It is the same. Do you know that when the Bible says, those who do this, including sexual immorality and lying, it is in one sentence. God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. So as we continue to read this, he said, 
He said, so, he said, he said, he said, when Christ died, he said, we have stopped, now, he now went on, he said, we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. So, Paul is saying, no, I am, I will stop addressing you as a human being, as it were. Not as a human, see, I, I will stop evaluating you and say, no, I will start to make you remember that you died to the cross. So when we are having conversations, we you will not you will I'm going to say, excuse me, sir, excuse me, I know that that is how your great great grandfather used to behave. It is good, but the evaluation we are doing here is that something happened to you on the cross. So we are not evaluating you based on human views. And he went on to say, this is the scripture we normally quote. He says, it's, um, let's let's go on, please. He says, one time we thought of Christ many of human view, but now, uh, but how differently we know him now. <coughs> this means, if anybody, that we normally quote that part that says, if any man is in Christ, the new creation. No, he said, this means if anyone belongs to Christ, he is a new person. He said, the whole life is gone. He said, a new life has begun. He said, a, the whole life is gone. He said, people say, ah, if a man is a Christ, it's a new creation. No, what he said, said, you are, because of the cross, that is where it happened. Amen. Amen. <coughs> Now, Jesus was, people came to, there was a group of Greeks that came to Jesus. They wanted to speak to Jesus. The Greeks are no Jews. So what happened, let's go on to um, John chapter 12. I'm just going to just... The Bible says that now there were some Greek among those who went up to worship at the festival. They came to Philip and who was from Bethsaida in Galilee and with a request, Sir, they said, we would like to see Jesus. So Philip went to Andrew and Andrew, sorry, the Philip and Andrew in turn told Jesus. So they told Jesus, Sir, Every, there are not Greeks that are coming to come and see you. Everybody wants to see Jesus. And so Jesus now replied, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Let's read on this. Verily I tell to you, unless the camel, the, the, the camel of a wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Please, if you were Philip and Andrew, <laughs> he said, uh, said, they want to come and see you. Very, very, I said to you. <laughs> They'll be like, ah. <laughs> Sir, they want to see you. Which one is very, very, I said to you. What Jesus was saying was that you will not have to come to me 
that the, when I die, the only way this thing can be possible is that when I die, I will reproduce myself inside you all. So, this is what I say. He said, he, said, he, said, he said, unless a camel falls into the ground and that it remains a, it remains a single seed, but if he dies, <clears throat> many seeds will come. So the Bible says that anyone who loves their life will lose it. Anyone who hates their life in this world, will, sorry, who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Who so ever serves me must follow me and where I am my servant will be my father will be honored by the one who serves me let's read on please he said now my soul is troubled he said what shall I say for this hour have I come father glorify your name then the voice came from heaven I will glorify it Sorry, I have glorified it and I'll glorify it again. Let's read on to verse 10. Let's just come on, please, because of our time. So he now went on to verse 32. He said, And I, when I am lifted up, this is the way I will reproduce. When I am lifted up, then I will draw men to myself. So what he's saying is that when I am not, when I am on the cross. Something will begin to reproduce in the lives of people that believe in me. In such a way that the way that I was able to overcome, you too will have that ability inside of you to overcome. To celebrate that when people are saying, show us Jesus, before they say, show us Jesus, they will meet you first. And you say, ah. God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. You know, Paul says in Philippians chapter 10, uh, chapter 3, sorry, verse 10, he said, he said, I want to know Christ. Yes, the power of his resurrection. He said, to become like him in his death. To become like him in his death. We're almost done. We're just going to come to a place of, you know, a place of prayer. You know, people normally say these things. So we are talking about um, things that we know. Let's see Romans chapter 8. We normally say that all things work together. Romans chapter 8. Hallelujah. So the Bible says that Romans chapter says, for those who God foreknew, He predestined. No, let's go on, please, to, to the. Pre okay, let's read from from here. The Bible says that. Okay, the Bible says, He who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit is as seeds for God's people in accordance with His will. In that said, for we know that all things walk together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So, the question is, when the Bible says, we know, the answer is, do you know? 
One. Secondly, when if I know what is good, what is this definition of good? When God says this thing is good, what is the definition of good? He said everything is working together so that you can come into this good. So what is this good? Let's go to verse 29. He said, for those who God foreknew, he also predestined so that they can become like Christ. So that means that when you say that all things are working together for my good, what God is saying is that all things are working together so that you can push you more and more to be like Jesus. I know the good is buying car. <laughs> but that is that's how God is concerned. That is okay. But that is not the aim. So at times you go through situations in life and God is trying to use those situations to begin to mold you to what he sees as good. Some of us may be in your prayer life. And you notice that God is okay. Let's allow some breeze to because as breeze comes you now wake up you are now you are now and God is saying no you know good you know I want you it is for your good ah. but the problem is that when you are praying and praying and praying and the battle is won you go ah thank God this is the good that God has said God says ah the Bible will say my mom will say I'm not so let us uh, let us start again because this one is not understand good. So something happened again. You say, "Oh God!" You begin to live a life, oh, you know, worthy of God. You say, "God, see as I'm doing, as I'm doing, as I'm doing, and as God does it." Let all things come again. All things. Oh yeah, everybody enter until this person becomes that good and good by God is so that you are conformed to the image of God of Christ so at times most of the journeys that you are going to say ah God, God take, it, take this away from God no 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 I, my own good you are still you are still far away let them keep training you in the class as you go on but the problem now is that when people get to the point of good, they don't know it's good. <laughs> is this all that I'm suffering for? No. As far as God is concerned, that is good. That is good. So if you have anger problem, God will not be demonstrating, will not be allowing against saying, at a convenience. Let's say teacher. Let's uh, brush them up, brush them up, brush them up, brush them up. And you start with, mm. then when they now go annoyed and things go worse, they now begin to talk to themselves. Mm. I should not be angry again. See how this, this, this thing has caused me. And things like that. Say, okay. So when you now do something that is good, and you go, ah, yes, I am, I am working on my circles. Ah, no, 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 this is not good. Good is Jesus. So let us introduce some extra question for them that 
God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. So I will just come to this place of prayer. Let's read. You know, um, Galatians chapter 5, verse 10. He said, I am confident that in the Lord that you will take no other view. The one who is throwing, throwing you into confusion, whoever that may be, will pay the penalty. Brothers and sisters, I, if I am still preaching circumcision, why am I still persecuted? He said, in, in that case, the offense of the cross has been abolished. So he said that he said the cross causes offense to people. The cross causes offense to people. So the Bible says that we what cross the cross did is also allow you to partake in the image of God. Because as Jesus was thrown to the ground, was the seed was thrown to the ground. He brought out many. And the question is this. As we come to this, um, to this point, is Romans chapter, um, chapter, Romans chapter 6 that we read before. He said, when he died, he died once to break the power of sin. He said, now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. So you, so you should also consider yourself. The question is that are you considering yourself dead to sin? <laughs> one of my mentors will say, I don't understand. This one I say you are, die, you, you are, you are trying to die to sin. Do you try to die? You die, you die. <laughs> you know, there is nothing called I am trying to die. Death happens once. That's why the Bible says, and this is what the particle said. He said he died to sin once. He didn't die gradually. All this gradual death to sin, it doesn't, it's not, it's not, it is not natural, it is not spiritual. But the thing I need to do is once I am dead, now I need to remind myself every day by carrying my cross. I can't see people who say that, ah. Um, that person he has been looking for a job since 10 years. Ah, that is his cross. That is not cross. Cross is I am reminding myself that by you, you died. And as a result, when that, that person dies, the power of the cross has an expression through my life. So what we are saying in the nutshell is this. Please don't leave alone. Don't pause alone on Jesus died on, my, on the cross for the remission of my sin. That is part one. Part two is that he now gave me the power to be able to step over addictions, step over issues, now, the first issue God has is that, do you believe it? If you believe it, 
Then, let's now begin to live that life. Does that make sense? Let us rise up. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon. Have a blessed week.